What's up, demons? It's your boy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast where both hosts have seasonal illnesses, so we're just getting right into this, because both of us are full of phlegm. How are you, baby? Uh, Well, you pretty much covered it. Uh, I- I'm not so much full of phlegm. I've got a low-grade, it feels like a flu, that kind of low-grade flu that makes you think it could also be lung cancer. Yes. Because it, you know... Sure. Causes weird chest pains every now and again. You're fatigued. You're tired. You know. Yeah. All those things that have that wide overlap of symptoms. Yeah. You um, you shouldn't WebMD those symptoms. It's not <laughs> smart. No. But otherwise, I am uh, fantastic, uh, fantastically well. Uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving on Thursday with our, our family. And the day after that, on Friday, we are not recording on Friday like we normally do, but on the on Friday, we celebrated our 11th wedding anniversary. Yes, we did. Smutco Industries, 11 years strong. That's right. Mr. and Mrs. Smutco Industries mm-hmm. tied the knot on November 24th, 2012 at the Flint Golf Club. Yes, we did. As far as I know, there's one picture surviving from all of that. There were a few in my Facebook memories today, but they're not professional pictures. They are pictures that were taken on phones. There's a fantastic picture of me walking down the aisle, and I'm smiling, but I'm smiling so big, and there's like a flash in my eyes, so I look fucking evil. I look like I'm excited to walk down the aisle to eat you, and it's fantastic <laughs> i used to hate that picture but now i'm like yes, yes. devour the souls of men <laughs> yeah that's fair you look like you scare weak men yep best compliment i've ever ever paid to you mm, no the best compliment you've ever paid to me is when you told me that i was like a tatted up disney princess oh yeah that's that was right. very sweet of you no oh, thank you or when you called me a tater tot hot dish tater tot hot dish that's yeah right. mm. way, yeah. Ta- way tastier than an actual tater tot hot dish. Oh, way tastier because those are fucking gross yeah. again i say so gross but you're not oh thanks how are you? I'm pretty good. I mean, my throat hurts real bad, yeah. but so much for getting right into it, huh? Ha. <laughs> but I'm I'm otherwise well. I mean, I, we we've started decorating for Christmas. I love decorating yes. our home for Christmas. I've got a dog in my lap. My children are asleep. I'm I'm ready to do this fucking podcast. Hell yeah! Keep your eye on the social media. We are going to post all kinds of pictures of our christmas uh christmas house because goddamn our house is wonderful at christmas time it, it really is yes um and we will post pictures and videos of it i'm sure when i'm when i'm finally done with it uh, but it's going to be at least another full day of work to get it to where i want it to be yeah. but in the interim hmm. we must record this podcast yes we must so this week i read snowed in i n n parentheses with a demon close parentheses <laughs> by l E. Eldridge. It is the first book that she ever wrote, as far as I can tell, and it was great. It was fantastic. Just coming hot, coming hot right out of the gate. Absolutely. L. E. Eldridge also had a book that came out this summer called. Uh, it was, uh, if I believe they're part of the same series, it's called um, "Washed Up with a Kraken," <laughs> and that one got some love this summer. And uh, I'm very excited to be sharing a different book of hers with you today. "Washed Up with a Kraken" also is super cool because it has a uh, non-binary. Kraken. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, they fall in love with a, a hot fat woman, I think, who fell overboard on a boat or something like that. And that's just that's just a fantastic sounding story to me. I'm probably just going to read it because I want to. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But for this book, this book, I started reading right before the beginning of my major depressive episode that started like 
last year because I, I stopped reading about four books like right halfway through them and I got so depressed that I didn't read for like a year. So I was really excited to go back to this book and read it for real this time and I'm really glad that I did. Oh, that's right because like you had that that episode and then we you you, re- you restarted reading for the show. Yes, I did. Part of the reason to start the show was to um, hold myself accountable to reading one book a week. Hmm. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, a full book every week. That'll be so easy. No, I do like one novella a week now, but I do still read every single day now. Yeah. Well, tell us all about this one. All right. I, I totally want to do that for you. Um, this book costs $2.99. It's also available through Kindle Unlimited. Um, there are no trigger warnings. Our sex content is primal play, tail play, impact play, and light BDSM. And our tropes are strong, independent woman, snowed in, and faded mates. Impact play. Impact play. Spanking. Okay. <laughs> Impact play is the proper way of saying to be hit for pleasure. I, it, it wasn't immediately clear. Yeah. So, okay, I like it. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's a good name for it. Um, it sounds very fancy and official. It, it does. <laughs> but it makes it sound like you get like turned on by like getting tackled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just full on sacked. <laughs> right. Uh, so good. Oh, hit, hit me again. <laughs> Broke my spine. It's amazing. <laughs> This book is also, it's a cozy, it's a cozy romance. There are no, there's no even like bad guy. There's nothing to fight against. It's just like a couple of weeks in the life of these people and it's wonderful. I love my cozies. I really, really do. Um, This one is cozy in the vein of like the Dalwick demon. Mm -hmm. Super cozy. So let's get into it, shall we? Yes, let's. All right. Our FMC is named Tana. This is, I think, the second Tana we've had. It feels like we've done a Tana. Yeah. So it's going to be very confusing to me, again, um, because our MMC is also a duplicate name from an MMC from the past Orpheus. as well. Not Orpheus. No. Amen. 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 Yeah. Eat shit, Amen. Eat shit, Amen. This this Amen doesn't need to eat shit at all. He's the sweetest man. Yeah. But no, that's, a, that's the first episode. That was the very first episode. Wow. Yeah. Back when we used to tell people to eat shit all the time. We haven't said eat shit on this show in a while. We, we should do that more. Well, we haven't had a reason to, I don't feel no, like. No, I mean, we could have told Bryce from Himbro. Himbro. We could have told Bryce from Himbro to eat shit. I feel like we did. But we didn't, no, because okay. instead I just outlined the several ways I wanted him to die a horrible death. Oh. Instead. Yep, yep, he didn't yep. have to eat shit. He was going to be dragged into the sea and nipped apart by crabs. Oh. Maybe we could do a crossover. Uh, a Himbro Kraken crossover. Oh, yeah. And he can get eaten by a, an NB Kraken. Yes. That would be great. Yeah. They great. could probably devour him in one bite. Absolutely. And I hope they do. All right. Eat shit, Bryce. Eat shit, Bryce. Go <laughs> uh, anyway, <Dope> so, <laughs> Back to our story. Our FMC, her name is Tana. Yep. We covered that. Yep. She is... We, we, we might have repeated ourselves because we had to cut out a couple minutes there. We had to go get our idiot dog and put him away. Cause he, yeah. He was yeah. yelling at one of the cats. For, the, uh, for her having the audacity to exist. Yeah. So Tana is in her late 20s. She has dark curly hair and a round face. She is very short and petite, but she is plush. That's how they describe her in the book. Um, And she's very confident. And I love her. She is the general manager of the Camden Inn. It is owned by Mrs. Camden, but Mrs. Camden is elderly and lives in Florida. So Tana is the end all be all of important bitches at the Camden Inn. She runs everything. 
The Camden Inn is a sprawling Georgian-style mansion that was built in 1810. The inn has a haunted history. The story is that there was like a fire there in the early 1800s and it killed everyone inside and now there are a bunch of ghosts haunting the place. But that never actually happened. But they kind of don't deny the haunted history of the place because it brings guests. Of course. It's a good tourist draw. I'd haunt. I, if I owned that place, I would haunt the fuck out of it. Haunt it on purpose. I would haunt it on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. To get people to show up. Abs- yeah. Yeah. So even though there is no actual haunted history, guests in this place have reported things like strange happenings, stuff moving around, bumps in the night. Some of them have even left in the middle of the night because they're too afraid to stay there. But Tana doesn't believe in any of it. Mm. She is a complete non-believer. Okay. She is convinced that ghosts are not real. And so nothing in this place can scare her. She also lives in the inn. She lives in a room there. She has a room there and she stays for free. She is staying there to save up money to hopefully one day buy this inn or another inn like it. Mm -hmm. Because this is what she wants to do with her life. Be an Um, innkeeper. Be an innkeeper. Exactly. You don't, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of demand for innkeeping, but also I don't think there's a lot of competition. (laughs) No. Not a lot of competition. No, I mean, I guess there kind of is. I mean, because you can get like a whole degree in like hospitality to be, to work in hotels. Yeah. And an inn is just a hotel that's quaint. Quaint. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wildly underselling. <laughs> the importance of inns in our economy. <laughs> you want to be a librarian? Oh man, just read a fucking bunch of books. Yep. That's, that's how you become a librarian, right? <laughs> What's that? You need two degrees? Fuck that. <laughs> Yikes. Well, first of all, you have to learn how to read the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Those, no, thanks. I've been alive on this planet for 45 years, and uh, you'd think I would know the Dewey Decimal System by now, especially for a kid who used to not go to the playground uh, to avoid his bullies, and I would hang out in the library. Still don't know it. I still have to look at the cards, the placards hanging from the, the, oh, yeah. the ceilings or the end caps. I mean, I guess I I understand how to read the Dewey Decimal System, but I don't use it for nah. things. No. TLDR, probably harder to be innkeeper than you think. Yeah. <laughs> TLDR, Tana's doing a great job. Absolutely. This is not an easy job. I did not mean to undersell and it. And she's doing great. My apologies. Oh, it's fine. So she lives and works here at this inn, and she has never seen anything haunted happen here. The worst that's ever happened is that a bottle of her perfume like mysteriously fell off of her dresser one time, but she just switched to a plastic bottle so that it wouldn't break again because her room stank for a long time. Like she just doesn't she doesn't believe in any of it. Love it. love that for her. She cannot be phased. At the start of this book, um, she's getting ready to go out for the evening with her friend B, whom she has been promising she will go out with every week for like three months, but she always gets caught up in work and this time B's not letting her get out of it, so she is going to go. When in employee Kaya comes in because a very difficult customer has asked to speak to the manager. This customer, she goes out to meet him, is a influencer quote-unquote um and ghost hunter youtuber named cornelius neil 
Caden, I believe. His name is like Cornelius Caden or mm. something like that. Um, but they call him Neil. And he is demanding special access to restricted areas and a private tour, neither of which he filled out the applications for or requested in advance. And they are working on a skeleton crew because they're expecting a major snowstorm to blow in in the next couple of days because it's December. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's no way to even provide any of that to him. He has a total snit, a big hissy fit about it. Um, but she's... Well, what are you going to do? But uh, uh, excuse me. I've got 100,000 followers right? on YouTube. All right. Yeah. This could be big. It could be huge. It could be huge for your uh, little in here. Yeah. One bad Yelp review. <laughs> wipe you and your 850 year old in off the map. It's not <laughs> it's really 250 years old or something. But still. So he has this big old snit. She holds her ground. It's not like he can do anything. She's got all the power in this situation. So he goes to stomp away. But when he does, the rug sort of mysteriously folds underneath him and he falls flat on his face, which was just so very satisfying to read. Hey, eat shit, Neil. Eat shit, Neil. Yes. Oh, if anybody's going to eat shit in this book, it's fucking Neil. He did. He <laughs> he really did. He ate shit right yeah. on his face. Yeah. And, you know, Eamon didn't really mean to do... He doesn't usually mess with humans like that, but Neil just really deserved it. So, so are the, you're making a big leap here. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I did it in my notes because it's how it happened in the book. Okay. And so we're all leaping together. All right. This place is not haunted, but it does have a demon living in it, and his name is Eamon. So am I a haunted inn? Because you have demons in you? No, I feel kind of demony. No, you're not a haunted inn. Oh, okay. You're so not just a man. So with his own demons. Just, just <laughs> by virtue of having a demon, you are not an inn. <laughs> Got it. Noted. Good to know. <laughs> so, Some inns have demons, but not, not all, all demons, demons have inns. Or not all things that have demons are inns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Some sort of word problem that belongs on the SAT. Why not? Yes. Yeah, fuck it. So Eamon is not a ghost. He is a demon. He is able to incorporealize at will and walks around the inn invisible all the time. And when he incorporealizes, he doesn't just like become invisible. He is untouchable Mm -hmm. as well. He's completely non-existent. Just sort of pops right out of existence or something. It's cool. Fuck, Um, I wish I could do that. Yeah, right? All the damn time. Dad, dad, dad. Dad? Mom, mom, <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> uh, so Eamon was summoned to Earth by a witch who wanted him to cause chaos. And by cause chaos, I mean she wanted him to raise the town to the ground. Um, oh. <laughs> but he said, no, thank you. And so in anger, she then hexed him and bound him to this house. And she stayed there with him for several years trying to get him to break. But he never did. So eventually she just moved on and left him there. He has been hexed to stay within the grounds of this house since the early 1800s. Hexed or hacked? Hexed. Ah, heck. Yeah. He's been hexed. This hex also makes it so that his power is like diminished. He can't reach full power and do a lot of the stuff that other demons can do. But he's not really one for doing those kinds of things anyway because he's not like a majorly violent force as most other demons are. So he's pretty cool with just like hanging out here. I fucking love the idea of a chill, apathetic demon. Yeah. He's just like calm. Yeah. He's it's, fine with all of it. It's like we were talking about last night. It, like that's how like really bad hauntings start. Oh yeah, because yeah. We've, we've just got this weird streak of fruit punch in our den wall. We have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. And it's like a poltergeist just trying to get our attention with some little shit. And then they're like, "Oh, 
you didn't you, you didn't get that well yep. guess what now your walls bleed yep you didn't notice it when i was rattling your cabinet doors so now your walls bleed yep. exactly if we just paid more attention to the ghosts in our homes these hauntings wouldn't happen right. if you're lonely they're lonely if you think if you think you see something say something say something to it <laughs> say hello <laughs> hello what's up demons it's your boy <laughs> You know, they just want they just want to have a conversation with yeah. you. They just they're just bored and lonely. Pour some flour on the counter. Let them uh, scrawl words into it. with yeah. their, their creepy nails. Yeah, absolutely. If they can hold anything, hand them a dry erase marker and let them write on your fridge. Exactly. It, it comes right off. I know because I give my daughter a dry erase marker to color on the fridge all the time. So she'll leave me alone. Um, <laughs> let them write on your fridge. You want to hear a funny story about a coworker? Yes, I do. Recently, a coworker was sending me a message in teams and we were talking about something along the lines of like trying to figure out what somebody was thinking or something. Uh, and said coworker sent a gif of like two people doing a Ouija board. Yep. And she apparently just looked, I, I was trying to be non-gendered. She sent a gif of two people like using a Ouija board as if to like indicate she was trying to divine and didn't pay attention. <laughs> what was the Ouija board spelling, Carl? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and she immediately came back and was like, oh, God, oh, I'm no! so sorry. <laughs> I mean, at least it didn't spell like, you're a cunt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, she'd have lost her mind. She would have, like. She'd have called HR. Called herself. HR, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to report myself for the use of a really dumb <laughs> gif. I sent a coworker a gift with the word cunt in it. I, I don't know what to do. I forgot. That's one of those things like when my mom used to, every once in a while, my mom would be like, look, you're upset enough. Punishing <laughs> you is not going to help. Yeah. Just think about what yeah, you've done. Yeah, exactly. No, you already know you fucked up. You don't need a punishment. <laughs> you're fine. Anyway. Anyway. So demons, demons need to eat just like everything else. Yeah. But demons don't eat food. I mean, he can eat food, but he doesn't need, he doesn't need food to leave. He eats emotions. Specifically, he is a demon of fear. He eats fear. So he's the one who does like the little bumps in the night and then knocks on the walls and like knocking shit off of dressers and stuff just to scare people just a little bit, just enough to get food. <laughs> he doesn't like he's walking a very fine line because he doesn't want to scare people so much that the inn closes down. Of course. And also at one point in the book, he does say like, oh, people get scared enough on their own. Just when like people are in, like somebody comes in the room and you didn't see him. Like, oh, you scared me, you know, yeah. uh, but he gets bored. Well, that's too. So he's just like f fucking with people for food and fun. Right. But I, so is that like, Oh man, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm hungry, but I'm not like super hungry, so I'll just knock this glass over. Whereas like, oh man, you know what? I haven't eaten in days. I'm gonna make the walls bleed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. He does he does say that he has the power to do shit like that, like make the walls mm -hmm. bleed, but he doesn't use it. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He just has a good time being incorporeal around this place and like fucking with people mm -hmm. sounds like my ideal life actually i would i don't i'm bound to this inn and i can never leave but it's super comfy here and i get to fuck with strangers right. all the time i'm fine it's never ending it's a reverse smorgas like the, the food comes to you yes <laughs> that's actually how food works like restaurants they just bring you food yeah it's been a long time since I've been to a restaurant. <laughs> that's true <laughs> you, don't, you don't eat out because that would require that we take our children to restaurants 
And we don't want to do that because it's stressful. Are you fucking high? No way. <laughs> so Eamon is not obsessed with Tana, but he's interested in Tana. Specifically because he has been trying to spook her since she moved in and he can't do it. Oh. And now it's just like a goal. He just needs to make her afraid just one time. Just just so he can like feel good about himself mm-hmm. it's like it's just a goal it's a challenge, now yeah it's a challenge he just needs to make her afraid and it's totally just because he's frustrated with her and not because she's really hot S- seriously right. it's just because he's frustrated he swears the first thing he does in the book is uh while she's back in her room getting ready he manifests a hand so that he can knock on the door like mm-hmm. let's manifest part of his body to make it visible and he's trying to creep her out because he's going to be invisible when she opens the door but when she opens the door she just oh i guess nobody was there Okay. How fucking dare you, man? That was some of my best work. Um, what? You're alone in this room. Yeah. You're alone in this building. In this hallway. Why in the fuck? Yeah, shit. But she's just like, okay, whatever. Well, I'm ready to go anyway, so I guess I'm just leaving. So she just walks right through him and keeps on going. He follows her out because he wants to like look at her longer because she's mm. all prettied up because she's going out with her friend and he's just like oh my god she's gorgeous look at her she's beautiful and uh he walks out to the front porch with her and when he gets out to the porch she goes down to get into b's car and b makes eye contact with him how he, she shouldn't be able to do that because he's invisible but mm. she does he swears he feels her actually looking at him so he turns around and he goes back inside and when he goes inside he is met by tana's cat who also lives at the inn a fluffy black cat named Binks who tries to rub up against Eamon but she can't because he's incorporeal so she just like, tumbles through his leg <laughs> poor kitty so then he manifests a hand to give her some scratches to apologize so he can so he can make himself corporeal yeah and he can selectively make parts of himself yep corporeal I would have so much fun with that oh I would too I would have so but I would do like I would do like if I if I was Eamon I mean I know what you would do what would I do you would be an invisible dick walking around at least once every part of you but your boner would be invisible okay yes (laughs) not surprised that you got me on that one but the other dick based thing that I would do oh yeah would you make your dick invisible the rest of the corporeal well that's getting hot and heavy fooling around rubbing touching and then they go to grab my dick and it just goes right through (laughs) It is not even there. Not even there. It's not even there. Uh, gotcha. You could, you may, I guess, you would just look like a Ken doll. Yeah. You could be genderless if, if you're one of those genders what's between your legs people. I am not. And we're not. But you could, you could fuck with them. Be like, what, what gender am I, Sharon? I just, huh? think, I just like what the gender I- am I? I just like the idea of somebody going to like, ooh, I want to fuck this guy, and then they go to grab my dick. <laughs> There's nothing there. It's gone. <laughs> And then you start screaming like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, what did you do? Suddenly this is like an episode of the worst prank show ever. You definitely did this. this you definitely not- got you. It's you. It's your fault. You I'm made not, my dick fall off. I'm not a demon who can selectively make parts of my body incorporeal. Ah. Ah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And also just a dick. Just I would just make one titty disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Yours? No. <laughs> Somebody else's. Ah! <laughs> yes, mine, silly goose. I wonder if I could like selectively incorporealize until I looked skinny. 
Please don't. I won't, but I wonder if I could. Because you thick. I am. I am one thick bit. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so back to our story. Okay, Um. so after they have their drinks, a tipsy Tana and B enjoy uh, diner breakfast in the middle of the night. B asks if anything weird is happening at the haunted inn, and Tana is like, just this weird guy named Neil who's staying there right now. There's... Nothing else weird happening there. Backstory drop happens in this scene as well. Uh, Tana's last relationship ended very poorly when she found out Courtney was uh, married and that she was only sleeping with her for exclusive access to the haunted inn. Um, So that gives us what we need to know about Tana's reluctance to get into relationships, which will come in a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so eat shit, Courtney. Fuck you, you bitch. She was married, like fully married and just sleeping with Tana so she could get access to the Haunted Inn. That's messed up, dude. Don't do that. Lame. It's gross. It's lame and gross. Uh, back at the inn, Tana is still tipsy and she's when she's walking up the drive from her cab, she gets spooked by like a branch breaking. And when she goes inside, she gets ready to get in the shower and she swears there's a man standing behind her in the mirror. It's one of those things. And mm. she turns around and there's nobody there, but she's officially very freaked out. He did it. Eamon has officially scared Tana. All he had to do was wait until she was inebriated, I guess, <laughs> and uh, manifest in her bathroom. Very freaky. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes, again, if you would have just been freaked out by the knock on the door. Yeah. He wouldn't have had to come into your bathroom. <laughs> See, we're on to something. Yeah, this is all her her fault somehow. <laughs> he didn't manifest in her bathroom while she was trying to take a shower. <laughs> it's her fault. Manifest oh my in lord! The toilet and just tickle her bum. Ew! Uh, at least just like wait for something to steam up and write something in the on the mirror. <laughs> just like you need bread or something. <laughs> a helpful demon. Yes. If there are any ghosts in this house, if you could help me remember the shit I need from the grocery store, I would really appreciate that because I forget all the time. So I go to the grocery store every day. So now, Eamon has officially tasted Tana's fear. And, ah, fuck, man. It's fucking delicious. It's absolutely delicious. So he says that most fear is pretty bland tasting and maybe slightly savory. uh, But hers tastes very strong and very sweet. And so he's never going to get enough of it. And now he wants to get to know her more. So he decides what he's going to do. He, he keeps a private room in this place. It's behind a false wall in one of the rooms. Mm-hmm. And that's where he keeps all of his shit that he slowly collected, that he's stolen from people who've lived here and, <laughs> and guests here for the last how, you know, 200 years that he's been here. He just steals their shit. <laughs> And keeps it in his special room. And one of the things that he steals is cell phones. So he uses one of those cell phones to call to make a reservation under the name Eamon Black. He will be coming beginning this evening. And lucky for him, the storm has caused a lot of cancellations at the inn. So there's space for him. Congratulations. You now have a room at the Cam- at the Camden Inn for one week. My name? Uh, Eamon... Uh, man. Eamon... Demon man. man. Definitely a man. De- Eamon definitely not a demon man. Yep. It's French. Black. Black. <laughs> noir. Eamon noir. Eamon noir. <laughs> so he checks into the inn in his human form. In his human form, he is tall, normal amount of tall, though, like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, like me tall. Yes. Skinny but muscular, so cut? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, skinny but muscular would be cut, yeah. Yeah, okay. With pale skin, unnaturally red hair, 
I pictured like fire engine red, like straight up red, red, dark eyes and sharp features in his demon form, which we don't see until later. But he does go between the two. He is red, like Mm -hmm. fire engine red with black hair and the stereotypical demon horns and a prehensile tail again with the heart shaped thingy, the little flap on the end. His tail has a horn still no hooves. I want my fucking (laughs) clip clop demon. God damn it. Somebody give me a clip clopper. Somebody, please. Want one whole chapter devoted to, to just the sound of his hooves yep. on the linoleum. It's just it's a three thousand. It's all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Just clip clop, clip, clip, <laughs> clip clop, clip clop. One chapter. <laughs> just for me, please. I'm begging. I'm begging somebody. Also, just as a side note, the uh, demons don't have anything to do with religion. In this world, mm-hmm. they are just Thanks. creatures, yeah. like any other creature. While checking in, Neil and his film crew come through making up bullshit stories uh, for the camera and taking B-roll. That was just a fun little <laughs> side. They're in this they're in this inn, and they are a fucking pain in the ass everywhere they go. Neil is just, you know, he's, he's a fucking YouTuber. He's a white man with a YouTube. Yeah. He's awful. He's an awful person. I mean, that's not true of everyone, but a lot of them are. A lot of them are awful. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was he was walking a fine line to begin with, but then coming in and just expecting yeah to be granted carte blanche to yeah, the end. That's exactly peak white fucking low rent Zach Baggins bullshit. The next morning, while Tana is packing to go home to visit her family for the holidays, she gets a call from the plow company. The storm is too bad. The plows can't get through. Everyone at the inn is stuck there until further notice. They are officially snowed in. Um, With all the cancellations, the remaining guests are Eamon, Neil and his boys, and then Tana, Kaya, Chef Elise, and uh, night clerk Lawrence. That's all that we got. Eamon, even though he doesn't need to eat human food, decides he's going to go down and, like, act like a human and socialize. (laughs) So I I hope he knows how... I hope he knows how humans eat food because otherwise that would be really funny, right? If he was like, "Ooh, soup! How do I? What do I do?" And then he just like shoves his whole yeah, face in it. He just comes back up, just dripping in chicken noodle, Italian wedding, just streaming <laughs> down his face. Thank you for the lovely soup. He's <laughs> just like a perfect like mrs doubtfire mask of tomato bisque (laughs) like my compliments to you elise it was beautiful it was delicious do you have any grilled cheese for me to shove up my ass (laughs) like i don't know how food works uh no he does know how he does know how okay thank god he is hoping that while he's down there he's gonna see tana again um so he has an interaction with elise who brings him a massive meal she is the, the chef for the inn and she is also like majorly concerned about feeding people they always have like three times as much food as they need in the in the kitchen because she can't run out of food so they're good to go for as long as they need to be here mm-hmm. they're not going to run out of food is what i'm saying she also makes tana a meal and tana comes out and eats it at Eamon's table and they have a conversation um so they have a lovely chat when all is said and done she gets up to go back to work because she's doing like nine jobs while half of her staff is not here he concludes that humans are strange and he doesn't understand her but he likes that she doesn't use her customer service voice when she talks to him uh which is very sweet yeah yeah because you can tell you can tell he's like she uses this sort of chipper false smile most of the time but she talks to me like a real person yeah she Mm -hmm. likes you she likes you good sir 
Over the next couple of days, the snow piles up so badly. There's no end in sight. They keep the inn functioning, but they are barely scraping by. Tana and Eamon have a couple of conversations. He There's a, a scene where he recommends a bunch of books to her because he's a big reader. What else are you going to do when you're stuck in this same yeah. inn for 200 years? She becomes weirdly obsessed with the way that he smells. Again, with the smells. Um, so he smells like oak and cedar and something else, I think. He catches her snooping through his bedside drawer looking for evidence of a wife and children <laughs> while she's doing his turn down because there's no maids. So she's coming to clean the room. But because she was so burned by Courtney, she's like, okay, I like this guy, but I need to be sure yeah. that he's not married. So she starts going through the drawers and he's like, can I help you? <laughs> oh, sorry. Nope. Not not doing anything. Just... um rewriting passages of your Gideon Bible. Uh, they always leave out the part about Jesus' huge, huge cock. So... <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't leave that in, in in good conscience. Why not? I'm kidding. I'll leave it in. Oh, man. Come on. Let me retcon the Bible. Jesus has a huge dick. Everybody's retconned it. Why not you? <laughs> I will. I'll, it'll be way better than them. I'll do so much more. The smutty Bible. Uh, are you kidding me? Twelve men? <laughs> 12 this is a why choose waiting to happen <laughs> are you kidding me the last supper is about to become the last orgy everybody enjoy that's what it was a thinly veiled uh thinly veiled take on a yep exactly an orgy exactly well, when they were talking about eating yeah <laughs> it just meant that jesus eats ass this is my body <laughs> this is my body put it in your mouth yep. peter <laughs> Oh, it's so good that I don't believe in hell. Otherwise, I would totally be going there. Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay, now that we've done that. Yeah, now that we've, like, drove away several listeners, I'm sure. Okay, no, so wait, let's see. come back. <laughs> back to the snooping scene. So he tries to become closer to her. Like, he tries to talk to her. And actually, like, physically, like, he tries to walk toward her as well. But he tries to talk to her and get to know her. And she always runs away um, as soon as she can. And every time, it's it's because she is reminding herself that she can't have relationships with guests because of the Courtney thing. Mm. One morning, while she is very angrily shoveling snow, which is, I feel like, the only way to shovel snow. I'm always angry when I'm shoveling <laughs> snow. I fucking love it. My body does not. Yeah. I'm I'm getting too old. Like last year when the, we got that first snow, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to go do John's house. You know, John and Alice next door. And I was going to do that. And it, nope. Nope. Come back in. Yep. <laughs> Main line in Advil. Exactly. Now we just let Larry across the street with his snowblower do it. Yeah, well, he gets the sidewalks. <laughs> he gets the sidewalks. And I think yeah. he said he was going to do John and Alice's house Yeah, he'll house do the driveway. Because yeah. they're, they're not there anymore. Yeah. So while she's snuggling, sh- snuggling. Snuggling snow. Snuggling snow. While she is shoveling snow, Eamon brings her a peppermint hot chocolate and they sit for a while on the porch. She blurt she just blurts all of her anger at him. It doesn't she's it needs to get out of her body. So she's just <laughs> That's a fun way to to, to dispel your anger. Yeah. Just blurts. Bleh. So she drops a bunch of like she if she's feeling inadequate, she's got imposter syndrome her parents are constantly up her ass they're always judging her um maybe she should have gone to college and gotten married and had a couple of kids the way they wanted her to blah 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 blah, blah. like the, it just all comes tumbling out and he is a very lovely man about it but if, in the end what he says is like but do you like that stuff because you could have done all of it but if you were miserable about it then 
why would you want to? Right. You know? And she is like, oh, shit. This man sees me. He understands. How nice. And then they get distracted because they hear a crash coming from uh, an outbuilding behind the inn. They go out there to find Neil and his dudes are just fucking around in a shed Mm -hmm. where they are not supposed to be. They've already been told that this is a restricted area and that none of the outbuildings can be places for guests. But they are... I don't know, awful. So they just go wherever they please, I guess. Tana scolds Neil, um, and Neil tries to, like, be... So he's a greasy, kind of weaselly mm-hmm. guy about it, but he's... Like, three different times, he's, he gets all lascivious and skeevy and is like, oh, maybe we can talk privately about it later. What? Okay. What? You Do you know how hot as a dude... You have to be to successfully pull. If you, if we're in, and I'm talking I don't think strictly it's possible. I'm talking strictly in the heteronormative sense of this of this exchange. Yeah, how hot you have to be as a dude to successfully pull that off. I'm hot, but I'm not manipulate. You know, I'm yeah. not getting to an outbuilding and a restricted area and an in hot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Conversely. It's way easier. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But that's just because... If it were me, if I were the Neil in this situation, I could be like, do you want to go talk about it privately? And you'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely, well, yes. But also, like, if it were just a random woman and a random dude... Oh, yeah. That dude is so starved for positive attention anyway. <laughs> that's really all it is. Fucking patriarchy ruins everybody. Exactly. So, Neil gets all greasy, and he starts, I guess, kind of hitting on her as well. And Eamon gets really pissed. And he gets so mad that he eventually he pins Neil to the side of the shed. And Tana has to pull him away by the back of his coat. Like she grabs him and has to march full force in the opposite direction to get him to move. And as she's marching away with him in her grip, she's yelling at Neil to clean this shit up and get going. And that Lawrence will be out to make sure they're gone in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tana drags Eamon to her room. She doesn't know why. She's just trying to get him away from that situation. And <laughs> I know why. Yeah, right? And he apologizes for scaring her. But she wasn't afraid of him. She was just afraid of what would happen if a guest hurt another guest. Mm-hmm. And, like, what she would have to do to him, like handle that situation. Yeah. She wasn't afraid of him. She finds him to be very comforting. And his presence makes her feel calm. And now they are alone in a closed room. And it happened. this happened so fast. Okay, so when it first happened, I forgot... I, I didn't know, I should say. I didn't know that Faded Mates was a trope in this book. So when it first happened, I was like, oh, this is a Faded Mates book. Because nobody goes from zero to 60 that fast except for people who are magically linked. <laughs> not yeah. in my books. Not in my world. You'd have to double back and you think you skipped a couple pages uh, or chapters. I didn't I didn't have to double back. I was just like, oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, she went from reluctant to getting herself eaten out in like a page. Wow. And I was like, oh. This is a Faded Mates book. It has to be. Like, that's just how the trope works. Right. Uh, it, it was a goddamn giggity wow. I mean, they so they kissed, and then there was some body exploration, Aim, and then Eamon eats Tana out to a very lovely orgasm, and she is like, do you do you want me to, re- like, return the favor? And he's like, no, that's fine. It's, it's good. This was, this was for you. Mm-hmm. This was for you. And then they just kind of snuggle until she falls asleep. Secretly, though, Eamon also didn't want her to see his dick because apparently even when he shapeshifts into a human, his dick remains a demon dick. Still red? I think it must be. It must still be red. So that would be weird. <laughs> he also he also has a weird dick. Oh, well, of course. Like he has a weird demon dick. It's a port wine stain. 
That doesn't explain. I the, I dipped it in paint. <laughs> that doesn't explain the bifurcated tip. Yeah, right. That doesn't explain why it's smiling at me. Why does it have <laughs> teeth? Uh, why does it have horns? <laughs> oh, that's almost cute. It's almost cute to think about, like tiny horns on a dick. I, I don't know. It seems almost cute to me somehow. Seems almost painful to me, but. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want it like near me. No, of course not. But, like as a pet. <laughs> this as is my tiny, never my, my pet demon dick. As a curio. As a curio, yeah, I would yeah. put it on a shelf, on my shelf with all my other weird shit. That's my demon dick. Is that a? Oh, but I'll be damned. It's very, it's rare. Yeah. I got, I was excited to find it. eBay. <laughs> get anything. You can get eBay. anything there. You've heard of it? Even a demon dick. <laughs> Imagine saying that to somebody in 2023. eBay, have you heard of it? <laughs> I want to be that guy who acts. Oh my God, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> I act like I've discovered things that have been around for ages. Oh my God. The next time we go to a wedding and I'm really bored talking to a relative or something, I'm just going to be like, oh my God, have you heard about this new thing? They call it canned food. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's shelf stable for months. Aunt Edna. Months, Edna. Months. Can you believe? (laughs) No longer will we have to bury our our food in the cold ground to keep it fresh. (laughs) I've been salting my pork like an asshole. (laughs) Holy shit, Ted, have you seen this? They call it a television. <laughs> okay. What? No, don't. Stop touching me. Get me, get away from me. <laughs> and then I get taken to a home. Ooh, nice socks. Nice. Ah, love a good pair. Of, I got two pairs of grippy socks upstairs, man. You're wearing a pair I'm right now. I'm actually wearing grippy socks now, but they're not from a hospital. No. They're just regular grippy socks. So um, after Tana falls asleep, Eamon goes invisible to sneak out and fuck with Neil. He finds Neil and the crew making their way into the basement, another restricted area they're not supposed to be in. And he watches as they film. Um, They pretend to get readings from random devices. They scream at something that's definitely not there in the corner. Um, (laughs) And they tell the story of how a woman fell down these very stairs and died. And this is very offensive to Eamon because she didn't die. Like, yeah, he scared her and she did trip, but he caught her. (laughs) She didn't die. He didn't kill anybody on these stairs. God damn it. <laughs> when they got when they finally get done filming, he decides to start fucking with them. So he knocks over some paint cans in order to get Neil to come into a darker corner and then he manifests directly in front of him in his full demon form and scares Neil so bad that he falls down. When somebody tries to get a recording of What's happening? Mm-hmm. He uses his, he's got, I guess, some telekinetic magic to, because he just flings the camera and then breaks it. So there's no, there's no documentation that he's doing this. He just scares the ever loving pants off of them until they turn tail and run. And he's hoping that this will mean that they will leave in the morning. So it can be just him and Tana. Have you forgotten though? Uh, you are snowed in. You can't, they can't leave. Um, I don't know. If I, if I saw a full on red demon manifest in front of me, I'd find a way to get the fuck out. Yeah, I think I would too. Also, he's like seven feet tall, and then with his horns on top of it, he's another like six inches. Yeah. So he's like seven foot six. <laughs> this giant fucking red dude. Yep. Yeah, I guess I would be trying to leave too. The next morning, Neil and his crew are demanding to leave immediately. There like you go. first thing in the morning, he, he's tell, Neil's telling Tana that they need to get out of there. And luckily, the storm has slowed down, and by the afternoon, the plows are able to get up the drive. And a cab is following directly behind to take Neil and his crew away. So they're gone. Goodbye. 
you shan't be missed. Then right after they leave, B pulls up and she starts just saying a bunch of shit that Tana doesn't understand, talking about what are you doing here? How did you how did I not know you were here? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually B's like, I need to talk to both of you in private right now. And she drags them into another room where she just drops a bunch of fucking bombs on Tana. She's like, Okay, number one, I'm a witch. Uh, number two, this is a supernatural small town. Number three, Eamon is a demon. And number four, you are his fated mate. And number five, I have the power of exposition. Right? She casts a spell. Her voice sounds like iced tea. <laughs> I mean to tell you. <laughs> um, and when she, like, when when it's indicated that they are fated, she, Eamon's like, what do you mean? She's like, I can smell it on you. Why is it always smelling? <laughs> It's been a while. Can we use a different sense? I heard it. <laughs> I heard it. I can taste it? No. Uh, taste low. No. no. It, it can, can it be an extra sense? Like it makes my toes tingle or something when I'm near faded people? Just not no, just not smells. It's like an arthritic knee. Oh, I'm begging. I'm just begging for less smells, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm saying at the end of the day. Why does everything have to be about smells? Um, the left knee tells me when it's raining. The right knee tells me when you're faded. Aw. <laughs> we have to go see Granny. We have to ask the knee <laughs> whether we're faded. Get up close to it. Yeah, you got to get close to it. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. No, but uh, you should get home because the left knee is going wild. <laughs> it's gonna rain something fierce, but you should drop that one off at their home because yeah. it's not. They're not for you, honey. Don't waste your time. Aw. What a sweet old grandma I just invented. <laughs> you did. How nice. So B, after dropping all of this information, she's like, I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> leaves Ooh. them to figure their shit out. But she promises that she will talk to her nan, who was also a very powerful witch, uh, about helping to free Eamon from the hex. Hate to expedition dump and run. Gotta go. Yeah, bye. Bye. Um, and then he, so then Eamon and Tana also go their separate ways because they got to think about a lot of shit now. Yeah. The next day, Tana asks to see Eamon in his true form and he obliges, but he rejects her request to touch his tail because it's too sensitive. She can't touch it. All she really needed from this was to know that he wasn't like, like secretly a giant spider or mm-hmm. something. But since he's just a big big hot red guy she's cool with it you could be i mean when you say demon yeah you could be anything yeah yeah he could be like like a hog man or something so yeah he's just a big hot red guy there you go perfectly normal big hot red guy yeah yeah um so she's like thanks i'm gonna go talk to b some more um i'll see you later and she leaves. She meets with B and B's Nan, who is this lovely old lady. She gets a little bit more information about like the supernatural and the faded mate stuff, but mostly this meeting is about Eamon's hex. They want to make sure that Eamon isn't going to be released and then cause havoc. Mm-hmm. When they are convinced that he won't, Nan agrees to help Eamon, but she can't until the full moon, which is in four days. So in four days, they will meet at the inn and she will free Eamon of his hex if she can figure it out. Tana does a little window shopping. She buys a demon romance book from the, from the bookshop in town. And then she heads back to the inn to speak with Eamon. Um, <laughs> Fucking demons for dummies. Yeah. I think it was called Satan. Some, Saint, uh, to love Satan or something like that. Just 
yeah. no 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 subtext it was like yeah you had to fuck a demon <laughs> so while she's talking to Eamon again she gets his backstory and a little more a little more information on demons so he is 310 with an average life expectancy of about 700 his parents are already dead they died in one of many battles that happen regularly with demons because they're territorial so he's got nobody and also he's not a violent territorial demon so he left like he came here mm. long before he got trapped here because he just didn't want to be in demon world so he's cool with all of this yeah um mostly though tana is concerned about the faded mates thing so she she doesn't like the fact that it's like star-crossed like they don't have a choice mm -hmm. she just doesn't like not being able to have any control over that and he is like yeah okay so a lot of people they or supernaturals they will just go with it because it's a gift from the goddesses and like obviously you're supposed to be together even if you hate each other but he's not feeling that he's like just just let's just do this like a normal relationship day to day. Yeah. Faded or not faded, we're just gonna figure it out as we go. And Tana's like, Hey, that's fantastic. So then they seal that <laughs> they seal that agreement with a kiss. And then she asks if he wants to go to bed. Duh. Yeah. Yes. I mean good. Get the consent, yeah. but duh. You're gonna see this weird dick. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of, let's talk about Eamon's weird dick. So it is big. I don't know if it'll fit. It'll fit, I promise. Kind of big. Okay. Red. Naturally. obviously it is ridged and knotted <sighs> so he's got the whole shebang it's excessive yeah of like random dick bits did he spring for the undercoating on that no, thing too? Or? never get yeah. the undercoating <laughs> uh no he didn't spring for the undercoating so they have sex it is awesome as expected there is face sitting a blowjob tail spanking tail insertion mm. she rides him and uh, then he knots her. Um, <sighs> they both enjoy it very much, although Eamon spends most of his time concentrating so that he doesn't come immediately. Because... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they both have a great time. I think she comes like three times. So she's she's good. She's fine. The knot, the knot is whatever. It's yeah. okay. It's not... I, I guess not as big as some of the other knots that we've dealt with in the past. Because she's totally good about it. Well, yeah. Plus she's a normal human woman. Yes, she is. The next morning, Tana makes a call or takes a call from her mom, who is her usual like bitchy, awful self. Christmas is in three days and the inn isn't snowed in, in anymore. So why isn't she already driving there? Why isn't she already driving home for Christmas? Why? Why does she still work in this crappy job? Why doesn't she just come home and, and start over? You know, they have a big surprise for her coming up this year at Christmas and they need her to be there for that. But <laughs> it's a fiance. Yeah. Uh, but Tana doesn't want to go home until Eamon can go with her mm -hmm. and that's still three more days away after the call tana goes to find Eamon, who takes her to show him his private to takes her to show her his private space mm -hmm. he explains that it used to be a sitting room um that he started collecting all of his shit in and then eventually he walled it off between residents in the house nobody knows that it's there he used a little bit of magic sort of like a like a tardis perception field yeah. to just keep people from coming anywhere near it nobody's ever even thought to check whether there's a false wall in room 5e so he just this is where he keeps all of his shit and he has a lot of shit he has a lot of really nice old antique shit jewelry candlesticks uh, yes cell phones but like old books mm -hmm. All, all kinds of cool stuff. You said that he's 310, and you mentioned how he got there. Did Does it mention how long he's been in the inn? No, but 
it's been a while. Yeah. Like, I'm going to guess he's been there for, like, 200 years. Okay. No, I was just curious. Or close to it. So he shows her all of his stuff. He, they talk. It's very cute. And then they fuck in the secret room. Um, so Tana takes control this time. That's she, a real sitting room. Yeah, right? She uh, pushes him up against a, I want to say, a, a small table or something for him to sit down so that she can give him a blowjob. And she does. She sucks his dick fantastically. And then he flips her around and Eamon eats her ass. Oh. He eats ass. And then there is anal. And then there is there is double penetration, but Satan's way. So uh, <laughs> you ever done it Satan style? So in the past we have said DP is God intended it as cock and pussy, tail and ass. Okay. So it's Satan's way. You reverse it. Tail and pussy, cock and ass. Have we said that? Yes, we have. Okay. Yes, we have. <laughs> we said it during till death do us part. Actually. Oh, okay. Because of all of the various forms of penetration. Oh that happened yeah, in that book. that's right. I forgot about that. Good one, Ari. Well yeah. done you. Good job, Ari. Oh, uh, by the way, they sent me, they were very, very nice and sent me the extra bonus epilogue, oh, yeah. No Tricks, Just Treats. I'm going to read that this week Excellent. at some point. Oh, they also sent me their NSFW artwork of Amelia mm-hmm. and her demon buddy. I can't, yeah, remember, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry. Back to this book. <laughs> not talking about the old book that we already read. So the double t- double penetration, tail and pussy, cock and ass, until they're screaming into the magically soundproofed room. Um, when they're all done, in the afterglow, Tana mentions the call from her mom and asks him to come home with her for Christmas. She agrees, uh, or he agrees, but he says he's not very good at socializing. And she's like, don't even worry about it. My parents are like passive aggressive assholes anyway. I don't care what they think about me or you. I just don't want to go without you. Yeah. The night before the full demon dick. Yeah. Can't go anywhere without that demon cock. Yep. Uh, The night before the full moon, Nan comes to visit the inn. Um, She explains that she has found a way to break the hex, but she can't break it fully. She can only transfer it. So she's going to anchor Eamon to Tana instead. Mm Mm-hmm. Tana's life will then be extended to match Eamon's. Uh, They won't be able to spend any amount of time apart. Like, they'll be able to do normal things, but they can't, like, live apart from each Mm -hmm. other without painful consequences. And when one dies, the other will also die. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eamon offers to wait. Like, that's a really big step. They've only known each other for a week. Mm -hmm. Well, he's known her for much longer, but... Yeah. In a demon stalker way. Yeah. Um, I've known of you yeah. for a while. It's a, But it's a big commitment. And if Tana's not ready, he's fine. He will wait. But she's like, no, you know what? No, let's do this. I mean, whether we do it now or in 10 years, the goal is always going to be for us to be together. So well, let's just do this. The next night on the full moon on the edge of the grounds, Eamon and Tana are joined in a beautiful mating ceremony, a biting ceremony, wh- where they exchange vows. And instead of a kiss at the end, he bites her neck. While they are doing that, the witches are doing their business, and the moment that Eamon and Tana separate, they are gone. The witches have left, and Eamon tells Tana, it's time time to run, baby girl. It's time for some primal play. He's going to chase her through the woods. <laughs> I'm going to get you. He's going to get you. This is the first time he's been able to leave the property in like 200 years. Now all he wants to do is go in, get in those woods and fuck his lady, Yeah, right? So he does. He chases her down, and they have wedding night sex in the snow. It's very nice. Well, not in the snow. Yeah. She's got a big I, coat outside, on. Yeah. She's got a big coat on, and so he lays the coat down. Um, but yeah, outside. And I'm guessing it was a little chilly, Willie. Yeah. Once you get your clothes off, you're going to be cold no matter what. They spend the next week driving around, just like doing whatever they want. She took a week off from work, and they just go places because Eamon hasn't been able to go anywhere until eventually 
they do finally land at Tana's parents' house just a couple days after the new year. It is a sprawling mansion with acres of land surrounding, which now, like I said in my notes, it finally made sense why her parents were such bastards about the fact that she had like an online degree and worked in an inn. Yeah. It's because they're fucking rich. Of course. Of course they are. The worst of us are always the rich ones. They survived that first evening, but her mother is a twat and her dad is this stereotypical rich guy. Eamon does charm her dad with his investments. And by investments, I mean he had some cash somewhere 200 years ago and then he got stuck in an inn and it just kept growing. <laughs> and his general business acumen. And so they managed to get through the night. But Tana's mom does take some swipes about her education and her job. But at least now she's found herself a good man. And now they don't have to. They were going. The, the surprise for Christmas was going to be all of their friends, single sons. Yeah, I, I told you. Like, what the fuck? Welcome home. Happy holidays, honey. Here's a bevy of suitors. Here's gross. The Bachelorette home edition. Ugh. Yuck. Yucky. But now they don't have to do that. Because she's got Eamon. Thank Isn't that goodness. great? Eventually, Tana has enough. And she's like, you know what? I'm good. Goodbye. And uh, walks away. And she knows that Eamon's going to follow directly behind her. They go up to her he, room. He has to. Well, yeah. I mean, he could stay. Yeah. But, like, why would he want to? He's, he wants to follow the pretty lady. Of course. His mate. They go up to her old childhood bedroom. And they watch, uh, like, a horrible, like, like B scary movie. Mm-hmm. And when she jumps at a jump scare... It suddenly gets very horny, and then they have sex again. Uh, not pictured, though, but they do have sex. The next morning, Tana gets a phone call from Mrs. Camden. The snowed-in uh, situation was too much for her old Mrs. Camden to handle, and she's decided she's going to sell the inn. Tana is devastated by that because she has not saved up enough money to buy the place yet, mm-hmm. and now her dreams are falling apart. Oh, but... But Amen is like... We'll make it happen. We'll make it work. Whatever you need, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out and we'll get it going and we'll get you your dream. He's not rich enough to just buy the place outright, but he will make it work for her. They kiss. That is the end for our epilogue. Excuse me, one year later. After selling some of his stolen shit from his secret room he, and getting himself a fake identity so that he could get a loan, he and Tana have managed to put together the funds and now she owns the Camden Inn. And he has taken a job working for a tech firm run by vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Got to set up the universe. Yep, exactly. So they're they're both doing remarkably well. They've kept the name Camden in, but they have completely remodeled it. Tana, who does a lot of crafts, her crafting is sort of like sprinkled throughout the book, crochet and, and embroidery and painting and stuff. She has put a craft every possible place she can in this place. All of her art is hanging on the walls she has painted the front entrance like all of it is beautiful and she has dedicated herself to this place and it is doing very very well they moved out of the inn itself and now they have an apartment in town everything's going great and the night that we enter the epilogue they are going to have art night so she started doing craft nights for the inn and now she's ordered pottery wheels. So to break them in, she's having all of her friends over to do art night. They have a wonderful time. Everybody sits around telling stories and having a great time getting to know each other until eventually they sit down at their pottery wheels and she finds a ring in her clay. And Eamon is kneeling down beside her and asks her to marry him. That's too close to ghosting. No ghosting! <laughs> 
he didn't even come up behind her. It's fine. It's too close. It's fine. You he cannot be within three feet of another person on a pottery wheel. He doesn't even look like wheel. Patrick Swayze. It's fine. One of the funniest bits on Community. Yes. Was yes. that great Tony Hale appearance. Yes, anyway. it was. It was so funny. Um, so he proposes, and she says yes, and she whispers like, but we're already mated. And he's like, yeah, but humans get married, and I want to do that part too. So we're going to get married. And they're going to get married. And they're very happy. And Tana knows that this happiness is going to last because she's finally found exactly what she wants. She has achieved her dreams. And she has Eamon by her side. And now she's not going to die for like at least a few hundred years. So that's a nice bonus. All right. And they all lived happily ever after. The end. Hell yeah. I would love. Hell yeah. I, I don't want to live forever. But I wouldn't mind like freezing where I'm at right now and being this like being 45 for like. 200 years. Oh, yeah. I'd be I'd be chill with being this like hot 35-year-old mom person yeah. for a couple hundred years. Yeah. But then again, as we've said many times because we always do we always do this when we talk about immortality in these books, I would eventually have to be done. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I cannot do immortality, but a couple hundred years, you know, travel around? I mean, see I, some shit? I think about the things that I've seen mm-hmm. in my time on this planet, like the things that I've seen, I cannot believe are real. Like, I grew up playing an Atari 2600, and now I play a PS5, and, like, it's night and day. Yeah. Like, and that's just in 45 years. Like, imagine what you could see in 200. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, like to see, I would like to see some of it. Yeah. I and think th- it would be cool to watch the technology advance. Fuck off. And then, yeah, and then just fuck off into the sunset, or, like, I don't know what it would take. I guess uh, we'll just assume vampirism. Just walk into the light. Yeah, whatever. Just walk into the sun and burn, because eventually you've got to be done, because... What were once your very liberal ideologies in 2023 are now the height of horrible political conservatism in 2223. <laughs> the twenty, the 2023 liberal is the 2223 conservative. Like that's yep. how progressive it's. Yep, exactly. It's gotten. We, we've gotten so progressive that now we're like, what? Can't you all just be happy with this universal health care and um, universal basic income? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Grandma. Oh, uh, the future. Oh, the future. It could be bright or it could be awful. It could be. We'll find out. Hey. Hey. What are you into? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I am in to Dimension 20. I finally plunked down. I, I have been hearing about it for years. I've never I've never really given a lot of thought to watching a Wii Play mm-hmm. D&D of any kind, but... I saw the trailer for the latest season, which is called Burroughs End, which is what I'm watching, and it's fucking phenomenal. The entire the entire crew are stoats. They're little weasels. Mm-mm. And they're they're just trying to survive and they're adorable. It's such a good time. The story is beautiful. It, the game master is Abria Iyengar. She's written she's she has developed this entire story. It's an incredible, beautiful story. Everybody who's playing does a great job. Obviously, there's like Brendan Lee Mulligan, um, and Erica Ishii. Um, and Siobhan Thompson, but the like star to me, the star is a woman named Rashawn Nadine Scott. Mm-hmm. This is the only episode, the only season of Dimension 20, I think, that she's ever been on. And she is a fucking powerhouse show stealer. I love her so much. She plays a cult leader's wife, Mm-mm. but she's the one who's like encouraging him to like build the cult yeah. because she's, oh God, I just love her. I love her so much. So, uh, so that's what I'm into. I'm into. Dimension 20, Burrow's End. Right on. A we play D&D experience. <laughs> what are you into, my love? 
I'd be much more into what I'm into if I didn't have this freaking heartburn right now. But that said, finally, I have joined the cult. Mm-hmm. We finally watched the Barbie movie. Oh, God, yes. And I was nervous because usually, like, when something is widely accepted as good, I'm like, well, if that many people liked it, it's probably too broad for my tastes. I have pretty odd tastes uh, in, in, in certain entertainment. No, it was fucking phenomenal. I wanted to start it over right again. Everything that you've heard about the movie is it's great. It's accurate. It's it feels it's at equal parts wholesome and somehow subversive. Incredibly subversive, but All, not in the ways you would expect it to subvert. It was sweet and touching, and I was bawling like a baby at the end. I was also very high, but I don't think those two things are related. I'm pretty in touch with you know with my emotions kind of uh, person. It was phenomenal. It was yes. fucking phenomenal. And I so good. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's finally, uh, we, the reason we waited so long to watch it is because now you can finally rent it for like the normal price of a movie and not like pandemic rentals. Yeah. You know, like, oh, 20 bucks. Because now that the, the pandemic changed that whole thing. Yeah. Which on the one hand is like, yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah. I'll spend $30 for something on Disney Plus. Because I would have spent more than that taking my children to see this movie oh, in the theater. To, or, or, or if we wanted to, like we watched Black Widow. Oh, yeah. We, we, we paid for Black Widow. We, there was no way on earth we could have, you know, paid for a sitter and, and done all that. And what if the baby wakes up? You know, that sort of thing. We, we paused it. You can go pee whenever. TLDR. I, I like the new model, but I wanted to wait. And now that I know, I would have paid triple oh yeah <laughs> it was so good worth every penny i immediately got online and bought a blu-ray of it and that's supposed to be here in the next couple of days and, and then we'll watch it again and we're gonna watch it again it was phenomenal i cannot praise it enough i am knuff you are knuff i am knuff if you had to pick like one thing like one thing from the from the barbie movie that was your favorite thing <sighs> god i mean it's so tough i really liked I really loved the narration. Yes. The narration was phenomenal. Yep. Was it, it was Helen Mirren? I think it it sounded like Helen Helen Mirren or Judy Dench. Yeah, let's or, uh, let's take a pause here. See if I can get It's Helen Mirren. It's Helen Mirren. Yeah. I should know cuz she got she got a Barbie yeah. poster. I, I I looked at all of them. It says it. She's the narrator there you go. right there. It was it was perfect. Everything about it was so great. Simu Liu was amazing. Michael Sarah was amazing. Margot Robbie fucking phenomenal. Every everybody in that movie knew the assignment, understood the assignment. Issa Rae as the president was fantastic. It was I I I'm I'm gushing and I'm going to stop, but it was amazing. TLDR Barbie was amazing. Yeah. Stop saying TLDR. Do you have anything else before we wrap this thing up? No. Well, yes. So I wanted to say my favorite part about the Barbie movie. Oh, so I yeah. asked you that question because I wanted to talk. Fair. Um, is that ev- that none of the differences between the Barbies were acknowledged in any way. Except for weird Barbie because she's weird Barbie. Yeah. But you've got fat Barbies, skinny Barbies, black Barbies. Asian Barbies, white Barbies, trans Barbies. We've got all the Barbies. Midge. Oh, I thought ah. we discontinued her. <laughs> You've got all of these incredible Barbies, all of these incredible women, and we never once acknowledge that there is any difference between them and the Margot Robbie original Barbie. Yeah. They are all equally Barbie, and I fucking love that. It was, it was so good. There was a little meta fourth wall breaking 
which I really loved. You know, the the whole bit about you know like talking about what what's on the outside doesn't matter and ca- you know casting Margot. Oh maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, casting yeah. Margot yeah, Robbie like, wasn't the best. Score. She she said like I'm I'm ugly and unwanted now. <laughs> Note to the casting directors: <laughs> You can't make Margot Robbie the one who says that. You can't. Yeah. She she's not ugly. She can't be. She's no. Margot. Yeah. It's impossible. Exactly. It was amazing. Go watch it if you yes. haven't already. Please do. In the meantime. Yes. You can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Cheap Smut. If you would like to send us an email, please do so. Cheap Smut Pod at gmail.com if you would like to talk to us in real time sort of depending on how quickly we get to the phone you can join our smutco industries discord the link is in the show notes uh if you would like to purchase this book you can go to our link tree also in the show notes and it will be the top link uh we don't get any money for that we're just trying to help the authors out here the song that you hear in this in every episode is called nostalgia by makai beats for now I mean, the song will always be called Nostalgia by Mackay Beats, but I've got something in the works. <laughs> you, you can find that song along with thousands of others free of charge for you to use at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org. What's on the agenda for next week? Next week, we are reading Mistlefoe by Kimberly Lemming. I love Kimberly Lemming, and we have not done a Kimberly Lemming book yet this year, and that is not an accident, but I didn't mean to wait this long. To do it so i'm really excited to do this one so next week mistlefoe by kimberly lemming and i cannot wait we're going to continue with these holiday vi- the horny holidays are here and they're here to stay hell yeah hell yeah in the meantime listener <laughs> that's my bit that is, my, that hey, is but, bit. But, but that's a good opportunity for you to fix your microphone because this is a oh. side address microphone thank you and listener if there is a book in you write it and if there's fucking in it i'll read it and then she will come on this show adjust her microphone <laughs> and explain it to me for your entertainment now it's time for us to go rest our bodies and our minds love you bye-bye bye-bye